0: Levitate the Pentagon, the seventh release from the Minneapolis group Deleter, is a concept album based loosely on generations of comic book lore, interweaved with social-political commentary on the history of Western culture's role in the world today. With nods to Alan Moore's Watchmen, the world's greatest detective, Marvel's cosmic universe, the atomic age of comics, and more, Deleter weaves narratives, meanings, and connections between a fantasy world and the reality of today. Whether it's themes set to spooky, reverb-laden pulses, or to fiery post-punk blasts, Levitate the Pentagon is a refreshing take on, as well as a dour view of, the state of the world seen through a comic book landscape fans of forward-thinking punk music and forward-thinking comics can pick up levitate the pentagon from deleter august 24th 2018 through their Bandcamp, camp deleter.bandcamp.com or 25diamonds.com all right let's get on with the show now sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate enemy of criminals a mysterious
1: all-powerful character A problem to the police, but a crusade
0: of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. It's a pop culture podcast where we chat for about an hour about any given topic, particularly pertaining to comics. Today, we're going to be talking about something totally unrelated to comics, that being the San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con.
1: Yeah, more and more, it seems like they're moving further and further away from the printed page and to be about everything else. It's
0: true. I am, of course, kidding. We are actually going to be talking about quite a bit of comics news that came Mm. out of San Diego that just we didn't get a chance to talk about, and we we missed it because we weren't able to go. Yeah. uh, Joel was kind enough to curate a little list of things that we should probably chat about. But these are just these all the news that's fit to print that came out of San Diego Comic Con this past weekend that we yeah. th- 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 some of you might care about our opinions about. Yeah. So uh, this is actually I want to I want to jump in on one really quick because I think it would be remiss if we didn't based on my relationship with these guys. But, Please. Like, they announced uh, officially that like. Vin Diesel has signed on to be bloodshot in the Valiant bloodshot movie. And it got buried under everything else. As well it should, because our friends over at Valiant no longer work there. And the folks who do run it are not interested in making comics and not interested Mm -hmm. in putting out, like, good work. And so they're just gonna try and do whatever it was that the good people that we knew at Valiant were working on. When they were all canned, yep. and then hoping that people won't notice that they yep. don't actually have a plan. Um, so you know and that originally... they've been bought
1: out by a soulless Chinese investment firm. Will do that to exactly. you
0: exactly. So I mean, like, and you know that uh, originally, I remember there were there was still a lot of trades talking about the fact that like the valiant interconnected universe was going to start mm-hmm. with bloodshot and then it was going to go to like a harbinger and And
1: faith and and a bunch of other stuff yeah
0: and uh i know that apparently they like they also announced incidentally that faith has a screenwriter
1: Yes, because that's also apparently in the works. That's what they want to do. They want to go from Bloodshot to Faith, which I guess makes sense because you're kind of covering, you know, two very different markets with two very different types of heroes. Like, here's your grim and gritty super soldier, and here's a cool plus-size lady with
0: wing powers. Right, exactly. Uh, the funny thing is that, like, they've had that script for a while, and, in fact, mm. the company that owns Valiant had nothing to do with the procurement of said script or this this Faith movie. Um, they wanted to move on Bloodshot, and so they did. Uh, you know Vin Diesel being bloodshot, like, good luck is all I can <laughs> say about that.
1: I just, I just love superheroes. I just, I just really like to be in superhero things, Sal. So.
0: Yeah, listen, like I like, I like Vin Diesel. Like I, I, I dig like him too. I dig. Most of the Riddick movies, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Babylon A. D., but I like the cut of his jib. I like the fact yeah. that he's a nerd. He's got uh, he's oh got yeah D and D under his belt.
1: Yeah, um, he does.
0: And like, and the dude just seems like a genuinely pleasant person. Like he's he does. really excited. I hated Chronicles of Riddick, but mm-hmm. if you watch like the behind the scenes footage of it, like he's so so passionate, in it. and it's just he's pointing out all the cool set design and 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 all the stuff. And it's really, really cool. I was like, that, "That's like, good for you, Vin Diesel." So, like, he, he loves it. Part of me wants him to be successful at Valiant because, or with the Valiant universe, because yeah. I want him to be successful outside of the Fast and Furious franchise?
1: I know, right? But Which has right. got to be such a blessing and a curse. It's funny, again, you mentioned our old friends who used to work at Valiant but don't anymore, to think, if they did, we would have been this close to probably getting to meet Vin Diesel at one point, if we asked nicely.
0: Oh, yes. No, I would have absolutely been able to meet Vin Diesel. There's no question that would have been a thing. And that would have been a real, like, bucket list for at least Tiffany, oh, yeah. if not me. Tiffany, oh, sure. Tiffany's a bigger Vin Diesel fan than I am. Um, I, I became a
1: fan of his because of his D&D work. I'd be like, hey, Vin, can we, can we roll some D20 with you man
0: like maybe later and then ditch you <laughs> yeah maybe later <laughs> yeah uh, you it's made me cry when you bonus. played the Iron Giant um, that's right <laughs> so you know I mean like the fact that they made that announcement is like good for them I guess they're still doing it but like who knows where Valiant will be in the next like two years
1: they could they could literally the investment firms like alright this isn't shaking out we're gonna sell off all the assets now
0: yeah and it could go back to, like, the people that we liked. Who knows? It uh, could. It, it could go back to them. It would
1: be hilarious if DC or Marvel swooped on in. They're like, wait, we could buy our, like, we could buy this company now.
0: Yeah, right? That would, I don't think they would. I think no. I think those days are over. I think that, like, you know, DC made their attempt. They they purchased the Wildstorm universe. Marvel picked up the Ultraverse universe. And uh, did nothing with it. And neither one is interested in doing anything with those universes, with the exception, of course, of, like, Warren Ellis' The Wildstorm book which
1: is like one fun pet project he gets to do. So they keep him happy and sweet for the next actual project.
0: Precisely. Um, but yeah, uh, Valiant working on anything is like, oh, okay, I mean like good for you, I guess I will say this, the guys who used to work there, like they love those characters. Like they, they really did genuinely excited about the Valiant universe. They, they, they were love, so nice and they're really cool. And they, they believe in what they're doing and they were interested in making comics. And at the end of the day, even if you weren't a huge Valiant fan, like, you got to respect what they were doing. They put a
1: lot of work in, and I think they understood the changing markets for comic books and the importance of YouTube and content creators
0: more than DC and Marvel ever did, because they were guys like our age. They were closer to our age. It's true. Uh, Mr. Giggles in the Super Chat saying, Hey guys, nice to see Joel on the Discord. Lol. Yes. Yeah, oh, because. you in the Discord? Nice.
1: I was in the Discord because Skype has gone to shit now with uh, version uh, 8.0. And I figured, well, fuck, if I don't want to keep my own podcast held together with duct tape and chewing gum, looks like I might need to find new avenues this in is Discord. True.
0: By the way, if you would like to join the Comic Pop Discord, you can always click the description box below this video and find the invitation link to our Discord right there below. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, uh, moving on to bigger and better things. Uh, I noticed that, uh, what was it? I guess we could talk about the Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daughters of the Dragon digital series.
1: Yeah, I I feel very passionately about this. And I know I've mentioned it before that I think digital comics are the future. But I think the problem is both Marvel and DC are afraid to pull the trigger on characters that are too big. They don't want to keep them out of print. I think it's perfect to take the Netflix-centric heroes who don't have books right now and make them digital.
0: I agree. Uh, I don't know much about this plan. I do know that Marvel's been really pushing a digital arm Uh, Mm -hmm. not very aggressively which is smart, like do Uh, it test the waters, make sure it works for you and for your publishing initiative Mm. and then really aggressively attack it Uh, we saw that, what was it uh, when the Cloak & Dagger show came out, there mm. was a Cloak & Dagger mini-series made by S- Dennis Hopeless.
1: Stealth release. Also, too, hey, Jessica Jones out of the blue. Kelly Thompson's writing one of those now digitally that you can read, and that's also out.
0: Right, and I've heard it's incredible. I would never read a Cloak & Dagger book after what we did here on this channel. But, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. like, uh, I would also never read a Dennis Hopeless book after what reading what he did with Doctor Strange. So works out <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but after, but I will be reading that uh, that Jessica Jones series because like holy damn, but this and, is, and they're all going to get collected
1: in physical trade or at least the Luke Cage one and the Jessica Jones one in October. We found out by reading the new solicitations. That's
0: great, and it makes a lot of sense. Like it it makes sense publishing wise. You know you know how to print books. You do it normally, you know put out the digitals, keep the the data, look up the metrics, see how it's working, see where you can like push your digital arm. And then put it out for everybody else. I mean, like, if if there are still a few staunch holdouts that are like, no, digital Mm. clever, they're still going to pick up this book. And maybe when they like it, if they like it, they'll, uh, they'll give it a try.
1: Again, there's some particulars I'm not quite sure on yet, what the price point is and how frequently it comes out. I've said before, I think the Injustice model was the future. It comes out once a week, very cheap, slightly short, but that's okay because it comes out frequently.
0: Yeah, agreed. No, the, the Injustice model is a good move to try. Um, I don't really know much more about it. I know that uh, you've been tweeting at the creator of the Luke Cage series for a little while. I've seen you're, you're active on Twitter. Oh,
1: D- David F. Walker. yeah, he's not writing the new one though. Oh, I oh, wish okay. he was because he's because <laughs> pr- he's probably going to DC with his friend Bendis to go write the Wally West book. Okay, well, good luck. Yeah, good uh, good luck with that. More power to you. Especially if all the rumors about Wally turn out to be true.
0: Right? God only knows. Uh, super comic fanboy616 saying, Morrison on the Green Lantern sounds like a lot of fun. A police procedural sounds awfully tame, but it's good to have him on a monthly. Uh, mm. AC was a blast. Yeah. Yeah, um, we talked a lot about this on another show, but um, Morrison on a monthly is a good sign that maybe he'll start doing more, and Yeah, it, it's, it's great to see Morrison like getting kind of back into comics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the only problem is what influence will he have on the greater DC universe? Because as we know, no. he doesn't have a, uh, an, an editor. He is his own. No. editor, And he doesn't answer to one. So, and this isn't like conjecture hearsay or slander. It's literally just like he has worked into his contract. Like don't edit my stuff. I make what I yep. want. And if you want also, it, you're going to take whatever I give you.
1: Also the fact that it's only twelve two means, okay, so he didn't commit to being the new ongoing writer for long, Do they have something in the tank for when he leaves or are they hoping that it's such a big success they can offer him more to come back and keep riding Green Lantern?
0: Right. I feel like that makes sense. uh, The latter. Um, That being said, I mean, like it would also be smart to maybe like it it could also be this is more like sinister, but maybe um, Morrison had a uh, an all star Green Lantern pitch. Mm. But they were already working on the other one by the time Morrison right. finally brought in the pages and they were like, well, we'll make it into part of the continuity. It's not that much different. You feel free
1: because um, that happens a lot. Of course, him and uh, Greg Rucka famously had a major falling out over the uh, all star uh, Earth One Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, so uh,
1: I'm, I'm excited to see it.
0: Um, same oh, uh, really, it'll, be,
1: it'll be the first Green Lantern book in the main series I picked up in a long time
0: this is true I don't really care for Green Lantern the last great Green Lantern book that I enjoyed was that Earth One book which mm. was incredible and we incidentally did on this channel if you want to check out oh,
1: see I, I never read that one nor did I watch the episode I think oh, I should it's, now
0: it's such a good book it, and, it, and it reads fast that's good um, and that also by the way ticks a box we were going to talk about that we did already nice um, you want to talk about Kelly Sue DeConnick's Aquaman? Because I don't know much yeah. more about it besides Kelly Sue DeConnick's to write Aquaman.
1: <laughs> yeah, which in and of itself is pretty cool. This this also came from the series of leaks that said uh, Grant Morrison was going to write Green Lantern and Brian Azzarello was going to write Suicide Squad and David Walker was going to write a Wally West Flash book. Yeah. Uh, what's cool about this is uh the the way they were talking about they said you know when the DC writers have their retreats and everything apparently like everyone does five minute pitches right everyone had like a five minute pitch for uh Aquaman except for Kelly Sue DeConnick who by all account had a 40 minute Aquaman pitch (sighs) that just had the whole room enraptured with what she was doing cool
0: okay I'll read that I mean like I will definitely I would green light that Yeah, the the pitch
1: seems to be that Mira, due to certain chicanery that I think will be explained in the uh, Drowned Earth kind of crossover they're doing with Justice League in October, she kind of becomes the impromptu, put-upon leader of Atlantis. Like she doesn't want to be, but she ends up being made sole queen of Atlantis. Aquaman kind of has a falling out, and he sort of positions himself as like this Robin Hood, ne'er do well vigilante in Atlantis. And him and Mira have this sort of doomed romance where they want to be together, but politics and everything is keeping them apart.
0: Okay, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you gotta sell more Aquaman books. You gotta create. You, you can't have them end up together forever. So
1: no, sounds very Shakespearean.
0: Agreed. No, that sounds cool. I mean, Shakespeare lends itself to some like crazy, outlandish settings, and why not Atlantis?
1: It it also sounds very modern day DC where it's like a happy couple bricked them the fuck yeah. up.
0: Oh no, you don't. Uh, this is comics, everybody.
1: I'm I'm so scared for Green Arrow under the Bensons. I'm like, please don't split all right?
0: and Black Canary.
1: Please, I will cry. Yeah.
0: Uh, Mr. Roboto <laughs> asking, was the '90s the best era for indie comics? I think, yeah. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think the 80s really ushered it in, but I think like, the 90s certainly saw the renaissance of indie comics. It was I,
1: the most profitable
0: time, I think. Yeah, this is true. I don't know about now. I feel like now there are – real. the standards have gone up. You know, it was uh, – the 90s was a great democratizer for indie comics because, like, of the speculators market. There were just so many mm-hmm. eyes and so many dollars being thrown just waiting for the next big thing mm-hmm. that, like, everything was greenlit. And, and so,
1: even the concept of what an indie comic is anymore has changed, where it's like, is Walking Dead an indie comic? It was black and white. It only had, like, a couple thousand for the first issue, but it's made by Image, which is a huge company. Yeah,
0: yeah, but they are still they, they still do indie books. I mean, like, they're, that's who they are, so I guess that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I still say the 90s are probably. Um, mm. and comic Goblin saying, Good morning from Japan, you titans of comics. Oh. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, as a big Captain Marvel slash Shazam fan... I was disappointed by the trailer. Jeff John's a great writer, but his New Fifty Two Shazam felt like a completely different character. That's
1: that's the feeling, and here's the funny thing. I was gonna do a video on New Fifty Two Jeff John Shazam, and I was reading the first couple pages, and I'm like, Holy fuck does this reek of New Fifty Two isms. Oh
0: yeah. That being said, I don't really care for Shazam, so anything that makes him more interesting, more relatable, more appealing, you know, more uh, introductory, I'm all for. Like, make Shazam right. cool for me, and I'll enjoy Shazam.
1: <laughs> Which I'm guessing is the exact way a lot of people feel about Aquaman this and the true. Aquaman trailer in general.
0: I feel the same way about Aquaman, so that works out great. Um, yeah. I dug both those trailers, but, uh, you know, I, I can see the criticism that Aquaman poster was more terrible than the trailer. The trailer yeah. stuff was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't... I'm not, like, a marine biologist or a big (laughs) proponent of Atlantis, so, like, the (laughs) idea of, like, sharks versus giant seahorses, does it appeal to me? Not as much as, like, a big space battle or some aliens or, you know, a a cool superhero fight, but, like, at the same time, I appreciate that it's being done. I've never seen that before, and so, like, I'm sure that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, Apropos of those trailers, I guess we could talk a little bit about the Young Justice Season 3 trailer, because we never get a... Yeah! Um, This... Was that the one that had, like, a big clip that explained, like, the last season, basically? Yes, which was a little awkward
1: to be like, hey, here's our big, long-awaited season three trailer, but first, let's catch you up on everything you missed in season two, because we've been off TV for a very long time, and there's a chance most of you forgot what was actually going on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when you got it, it wasn't even really so much a trailer as it was like a clip package of like, all right, everyone's older now. Also, we're bringing in the Outsiders. Here's Geoforce. We promise you'll be cool. <laughs> I got so much shit for making fun of Geoforce. I'm That's like, impossible. yeah, Ge- yeah, yeah. I'm like Geoforce and Halo. You know, they're the two worst members of the Outsiders because they didn't do dick outside Outsiders books. And someone's like, they're awesome. Fuck you, Joel. <laughs> and, like, and like they weren't being ironic. They were like very serious. And I'm like, wow, I met the one super serious Force fan.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like meeting a unicorn I mean, the fact is you'll find them <laughs> not oh yeah you're more likely to find a unicorn than a geoforce fan so i guess that's a good point <laughs> um man he not liked uh what was that superman batman public enemies movie <laughs> oh
1: god yeah that was unfortunate for him
0: yeah um that I can't means... believe the outsiders
1: are getting important again like even in detective comics right now they seem to be hinting at a reunion for those characters right that's cool I guess because Black Lightning's popular on TV and, like, yeah. where are you going to go with him? Where, obviously, well, he's got to set up his team.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely exactly what's going on. No, I'm down with that. I mean, feel free. Like, Strike while the iron's hot. If anybody's caring about Black about uh, Black Lightning, mm. do something with them. <laughs> plus, plus, they're a different team. They
1: got a cool makeup. They got Katana. They got Metamorpho. They got all these, you know, very different sorts of heroes. It can't always be the Justice League every time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, Let's see... You want to grab one? Uh, from
1: the list or yeah, from please. the super chat?
0: No, no, no. For, oh, well, yeah. You know, let's let's say hi to everybody. Um, Chase Eichler saying, "Sal, your favorite Spider-Man villain's coming back in a big bad way." Mm,
1: yes, he is from the solicitations. It's Morlin, everybody.
0: Yeah, Morlin and his wacky family. Also, the Shazam trailer looks good. I pre, I agree, Chase. Um, yeah, they're, the Inheritors are coming back. People are actually confused about what the hell happened in those mo- in like in that comic. I know, right? Um, uh, what was it? It's it looks really bad,
1: like. But Christo's gauge is writing it, so. Yeah, I
0: I, uh, I I have higher hopes for it than I did for Spider Verse. Yeah. But I am not interested in more inheritors, like. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but but he looks all old and jacked up, Sal. Maybe something has changed. I don't
0: care. <laughs> like that's not. Did- for me, that's not appealing. I, I I understand a lot of people were saying, like, you know, we, I, I took this to Twitter the other day, yesterday, in fact, where I was like, remember when Spider-Man's greatest nemesis wasn't an energy vampire? Yeah. And people were like, oh, man, uh, like, remember when Spider-Man's arch nemesis wore a man purse? Or, like, remember <laughs> when Spider-Man's arch nemesis were, like, goop monsters from space? And I'm like, yes, that's true. Um, Spider-Man has had wacky villains, and Spider-Man has retained his spider manness Like, his... His villains are guard. I mean, like he fought a Sandman in one of the first four issues of his comics. Like it, it just seems
1: weird, though, that the Energy Vampire is the modern day equivalent right, well, when he, he seemingly has no real connection to him.
0: That's the thing is that like the 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 Inheritors represent a fundamental problem and a misunderstanding of the character, and it's like. Okay, so Sandman existing doesn't fundamentally alter the understanding or the interpretation of the Spider-Man character. The inheritors yeah. exist because Spider-Man is a magical being that is part of a totemic <laughs> web of of, of of life that, that connects inter- the entire
1: with, multiverse. Yeah,
0: that's connected the whole multiverse. Like it used to be that, that that Spider-Man was a was a was a science-based guy, and in fact, even it, when Straczynski created Morlun, uh, he he was like. You know, maybe it's science, maybe it's magic, maybe it's both. Who knows? And it's like with the inheritors, like, no, it has to be magic. It has to be this. It's also
1: like, hey, Peter Parker, are you just a regular, normal, everyday guy from New York who, you know, by chance and happenstance or destiny becomes, you know, a superpowered spider person? No, no, it's actually bigger. It's all part of a secret web all tied together through the multiverse.
0: Right. Which, like, I loved its connection to Secret Wars at the end. But at the same Mm. time, that wasn't enough and doing it again like uh eh. oh but my my point earlier was just like a lot of people were confused by the ending where they were like aren't they dead like yeah no. didn't they lock
1: them away in a spider dimension to never be seen again
0: that is exactly right uh, they did that and um maybe whoever broke
1: them out is the true villain yeah they
0: put them on they they hung them on a hook and said <laughs> like maybe we'll use them again later and then they did so they never really died but they were like kind of left to be ignored but it looks like they're gonna come back, so you know.
1: Maybe maybe Gage has a pitch. I trust Gage, as we've said before. The dude knows his Marvel continuity. the The man knows story structure, and maybe this is his way to be like, no, we're finally gonna put a nail in these energy vampires' coffin.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, what was it? Uh, and Slot's re- co-writing it though, which is really a problem.
1: Oh, is he really? I yeah. thought it was all Gage all the time.
0: No, it's 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 Slot too.
1: Ah uh, yeah. You,
0: you ain't getting rid of slot, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh, thought I was gone, but I wasn't. Well, I have one more thing to tell you and wouldn't you know it, it's 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 something that's really divisive that annoys like hardcore Spider-Man fans. It's almost like he's <laughs> going out of his way to just piss off everybody before he leaves.
1: <laughs> and poor Nick Spencer and Chip Zdarsky are in the corner, but 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 but
0: yeah. And apparently the everybody wanting to see well, everybody wants to see lots of Spider-Man's apparently.
1: You know, it's really funny, though. Uh, Spencer's book doesn't have to do any tie-ins to spider Gwen, but Zdarsky's book does. Right. So there's the pecking order for you right there. I mean,
0: if your book isn't called Amazing Spider-Man, you are on the chopping block.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, that wasn't really on the topic, but I do want to, I'm glad we addressed it because, like, it sucks.
1: Yeah. Um, Cam had a good super chat.
0: Yeah, Cam uh, said uh, rest in peace John Schnepp. the man did a lot for a small community we call the internet comic fandom. Please check out his GoFundMe to help his family pay for his outrageous medical bills.
1: He, uh, he was a really nice guy. He, uh, he actually chatted with me on Twitter multiple times when he was uh, developing and pitching that Death of Return of Superman movie. Yeah. Didn't have to. Real sweet dude.
0: Right. Uh, he made a lot of friends that we know. I've mm-hmm. met him a handful of times, and uh, but not nearly. I didn't know him nearly as well as a couple of our colleagues, particularly Jason, yeah. and a yeah, lot of other yeah. people like knew him just intimately and personally. And uh, and, and he he left a lot of uh, a lot of joy and a lot of sorrow in his wake. He's, and he's he's one of those creators where it's like you know I never met you personally,
1: but I feel like I know you through your work, and that's a rare thing to get across.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it sucks that he's died. It's really really sudden, and it. Uh, mm. it, I, I don't envy anyone in his in his circle because like they've they lost someone really really special to them and that really sucks. yeah most definitely um, but uh you know uh, we'll you know we'll we'll do our best to honor his memory and you know yeah. for those who you know who care for keep it
1: c- keep it sweaty keep it nerdy
0: right exactly dudes uh do dude a titan in our industry mm-hmm um, and uh, Taylor Pester, so with Morrison taking over Green Lantern under the over, un, the over under 30%, he will mention the ultraviolet spectrum. Yeah. You know, that was just a Snyder thing since he hasn't affected the other Lantern books. Big time. You Yet, know, interestingly,
1: Snyder mentions the still force that was brought up in the Flash book and created by William Sutton.
0: Yeah. Because uh, Snyder is a ball player who has, who makes friends and influences people. He knows Absolutely. how to like play the game and, and use the tools that are available. Uh, mm. Morrison only knows how to play by himself, and will <laughs> and will behave thusly. <laughs> um, Tales from Island Z, no, not more, not more Lun, less Lun, please. So, uh, <laughs> That's actually, his cousin. And uh, Mr. Roboto, Spider-Man vs. Vampires. The time has come. Listen, I would rather it be like if Morbius was leading a team of vampires rather than like yeah. silly-ass energy vampires. I don't know.
1: That would also be cool. When's Morbius going to be important again?
0: <laughs> I mean, they keep trying, but like. I think around the 12th of Never, or at least when Sony finally gets off the ground with their <laughs> horrible uh, spin-off movies.
1: It's so funny to see Morbius just drift further and further into the background to, I am a Spider-Man villain, to I'm kind of an anti-hero, to, oh, I'm the science rep for the Monster Metropolis.
0: Right? It's weak. Um, I heard that uh, Renew Your Vows was cancelled, but that's totally mm. unrelated to what we're talking about, so I'll just say, like, if it is, you have only yourselves to blame, you didn't buy the book. Um, <laughs> Spider-Girls from Jody, Jody Houser
1: yeah 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 you get all the spider girls in one book great yep
0: it will it it will turn into a miniseries
1: it'll make some people very happy and i appreciate that that's
0: right uh talk more about the black uh, the x-men black series because i know very little about it except that like there's gonna be some magneto in it
1: right okay so here's the thing when it first got announced x-men black i'm like oh cool a brand new team led by magneto in the vein of x-men blue x-men gold it's not though oh it's actually a six-part miniseries wherein every issue focuses on a different famous x-men foe written by a different x-men writer claremont's actually writing the first one he's writing magneto okay then we've got Emma Frost, Juggernaut, uh, I forget all the others, but basically all the famous X Men so foes like are good. Sinister getting... Apocalypse, probably. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing about Apocalypse the backups of all of these X Men black books will have a story about Apocalypse, and the Apocalypse story apparently builds up to what's going on in the brand new, to be launched, Uncanny X Men
0: series. That sounds about right. That's kind of smart yeah that's cool actually it's a really good idea and it's, it, it plays with the color thing while also being something totally new it's not just mm. like it's x-men like x-men gold and x-men blue you know originally you were like oh okay well like blue's gonna be about the time travel guys and gold's gonna be about the non-time travel guys mm. then they were like no it's about whatever screw it do whatever yeah. you want
1: and also those books aren't long for this world anyway by the time extermination is over
0: which is fine by me same uh, let's uh, let, let's. I'm gonna nix a couple of these just to save us some time. But we should yeah, go for talk it. again about, pick
1: and choose whatever you want.
0: Yeah, we should talk about Doug Mankey and uh, uh, Peter Tomasi taking over for, uh, for Oh
1: Comics. yeah, hell yeah. That that book has been in such a weird little limbo zone ever since Tynan finished up his run. And I'm like, guys, aren't you gonna are you gonna capitalize on this momentum? You're not gonna get a new full time writer. You're just gonna okay, little, little little mini arcs. But yes, Tomasi's back, and thank God.
0: Yeah. Now, that's interesting, by the way, that Menke and Tomasi are going to be working on Detective Comics. They're going to start at 994. hmm That means they're going to get a six-issue arc, and then the book is going to hit 1,000. Yep. And you are going to see a shitstorm, unlike, or not unlike the Action Comics 1,000, only oh, yeah. ratcheted up to 13.
1: Because they love Batman more. They loves
0: their Batmans. I mean, Detective Comics is literally the name of DC Comics.
1: You so, like, figure if they were ever going to pull out all the stops.
0: It's gonna be then and they're gonna, it's gonna blow the, it's gonna blow the the, the, the doors off of the entire d- damn book. Um, mm-hmm. I assume that his trunks will be back s- shortly before then, but we had always uh, said on this show at least that the trunks would definitely come back by the time it hit 1000.
1: Yes, it comes back, in, they, they come back in September actually, because on the cover of the, uh, what is it the tom king batman book he has them in the new batman secret files he has them so yeah he's gonna have them by september
0: yes um although we've also heard that since doomsday clock takes place after all of this he will be losing them again so everybody who's like talking about how like superhero trunks on the two biggest superheroes in the universe uh are somehow causing the death of comic books itself uh will only have a few months to complain
1: I do, I do not get that people still complain in my Superman videos that the Trunks are back. And I'm like, what What planet are you from? When when did you start reading comics? You're really betraying your age right now. Right?
0: Like, get out of here. It's
1: um, it's weird for them not to have them. They've had them for
0: 75 years. They set the tone for every other hero. It's true. Not only that, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I grew up with those. Like, I... I know what they look like. I, when I was a kid, I thought, "Yeah, dr- ditch the trunks." And then, like, I had a couple of friends who drew, and they drew them without them. And I'm like, "It." Th- and as I've maintained for a couple of years now, you need some kind of color barrier to break up all that mm-hmm. one solid color.
1: It looks disconcerting and wrong without the them.
0: Batman suit—it looked like a weird, like, sl- like sleeper jumper <laughs> with a big belt. And I'm like, <laughs> "This looks really weird."
1: Boy, boy did it! And again, it's funny too to bring back to the Superman thing. Like I'm talking about, like man, I really don't like what Bendis is doing here. I'm worried about the future of this book. Yeah, but Trunks, Joel, talk about the Trunks. I'm like, no, I'm talking about the story and the character. Yeah. The Trunks are the last thing from my mind. Right? No.
0: Uh, <laughs> I want to address the super chat really quick. Just say hi to Jonathan Chu, who said, uh, "Please read my regular message as part of the super chat. I messed up." The super chat. Unfortunately, I don't know what the original message was, um, so I'll have to scroll back and look for it. Um, it looks like it might be back here. Uh, here we go. This is my first time sending you guys some money, so I'm very happy to do so. Aww. I've been watching Joel since the dark days, and yeah. John Tiff since I got into comics. You two are better than R and B. Keep up the great thank, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate that. I, I like R and pro- like being on it too. That's when, yeah. when I like it the most.
1: Um, I I haven't been invited yet.
0: Well, you're you're in Canada. Um, Apparently I'm too expensive against. Um, What was it? Taylor Pester. The question is, will Tomasi continue after 1000 That's a good question. I hope. I hope so, too. I feel like he probably will. And the reason for that is because he was on Superman for a couple of years. Yes, he was. And he was only kicked off Superman because of an extenuating circumstance being Bendis. Yep.
1: Yep. If it wasn't for the Bendis get, I'm sure he still would be riding it.
0: Right. Unless, like... Jason Aaron bit ditches Marvel and goes and wants to write Batman, I think you can you can count on Tomasi to be there until he doesn't want to be there anymore.
1: It's it's nice, too, to see him writing a Batman book again because he had a very sizable Batman and Robin run in the beginning of the New 52 where he put a ton of work in. He did. Actually making Damien more likable than anyone had before him, so I'd like to see him go back to that well and probably bring back some of those characters. The the leaked rumors were his detective comics is going to be more of a globe hopping Batman battling the league of assassins uh, across the world.
0: Yes. I've heard that. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's an overarching theme about him trying to take down the league of assassins. Yeah, that's fine. I guess I would rather read about like, I, I I'm still waiting for my Batman book, which is about like Batman being a detective and fighting bad guys, killers and rapists and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool to see. Just a, just a story about like Batman being a detective and fighting crime.
1: That that used to be what detectives was for, you know. Batman was the more superhero book. Detective Comics was the crime noir book.
0: They could, you know, with all this 90s nostalgia, they could also bring back uh, detective, or they could bring back Shadow of the Bat or mm. the Dark Knight, and try and just like satiate some of us out there who are looking to spend some money on Batman but don't cr- care about anything that's happening in Batman right now.
1: Well, you know, you might like uh, Batman's Secret Files then because they're going to get a bunch of different writers on there to write different stories. And apparently, Tom Taylor is going to be writing one.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like they got a bunch of interesting people for that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of interesting people for books that people really enjoy, can you talk a little bit about Mr. Miracle?
1: Yeah, so Gaiman's finally doing a brand new, or not Mr. Miracle, Miracle Man, Miracle I think Man, I might have written I'm sorry, it.
0: sorry, thank you. I, for a minute I was like, Mr. Miracle, what?
1: You know what, it's not your fault. I did this same story with Matt a couple days ago and he made the exact same mistake. <laughs> it's like our brains are just like, Miracle Man, that's nobody. Mr. Miracle's the
0: guy. Yes, uh, the fact is, like, Miracle Man has been in limbo forever. Yep, legal limbo. And, in fact, Marvel purchased the rights to the character and uh, bought Angela from Gaiman... Yep. ...so that Gaiman would finish Mister uh, Mir- Miracle Man. Yep. Th- then that never happened. Yep. And, like, uh, there was a lot of speculation when, like, they... Released all that Casada art of Miracle Man and how like mm-hmm. maybe they're going to integrate him into this into the greater Marvel Universe or at the very least they're going to republish the, the Alan Moore stuff. Kasada that was famously, big thing. Yeah, uh, penned a, almost penned a deal with Alan Moore, but all he had to do was like reprint the book with special credit to like some colorist or something, and or the creators I don't recall what the what the stipulation was. You can always Google it, but uh, they they screwed up the printing and so Alan Moore had an excuse not to honor his deal.
1: It was a whole tangled web nightmare that's been going on for years now.
0: But at the very least, money exchanged hands and they made a deal with Gaiman to do a Miracle Man book or continuation of the book that Mm. never got completed. Looks like we're finally going to get that.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder what this book is going to look like in 2018 because people love Miracle Man so much because it was one of those first comics that really tried to deconstruct the superhero as a genre and comic books and everything. It was, you know, it was like Watchmen before Watchmen yeah, in a lot and of ways. It succeeded
0: by the way. It was really like it really captured the, the superhero genre and sent, sent it up, but in a, in a non like a, it wasn't. It didn't feel. Like, it was angry about superheroes. The way, like, Brian Nazarello yeah. would write a deconstruction. Yeah,
1: it, w- it wasn't hateful in any way. Like, it was an actual, like, positive deconstruction. Yeah,
0: it was almost like a smarter, more mature The Boys. Yeah, it, it, it was also kind
1: of injustice before injustice, too, because that was a big thing where it's like, hey, Miracle Man, you're basically Superman. What if you tried to take over the world? Yeah,
0: read it, because... It looks kind of like an old school comic, and you're like, "Oh, this is yes. like kind of like this it pushed the envelope, huh?" Yeah, we'll see. And then you like turn a page, you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so definitely check it out. I mean, it's Alan Moore, so you know,
1: it's it's cool shit. Again, too, it's nice to track Alan Moore's uh, progression as a writer and a creator.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Lots of um, lots of really interesting British creators cut their teeth on that book.
0: Yeah, so definitely, I'm excited to see that it's finally going to come out. If it does, I, I, I you know, we'll see. I believe when I see it. It still might not. Also, too, it's fun
1: to have it come out now because it's a wonderful time to muddy the waters even further when it comes to the Shazam, Captain Marvel, Miracle Man like line and evolution. Totally.
0: No, you're absolutely right.
1: Because Shazam comics, which at the time were called Captain uh, Marvel comics in Britain, mm-hmm. were called Miracle Man. Yeah, it's you can you confused yet? <laughs> right.
0: It only gets worse. Uh, Will I am golden? Batman hasn't have the trunk since Batman Incorporated. Um, yeah, but like it was just a costume change. It wasn't a like line wide costume mm. slash. Character this is
1: the thing version. now, yeah.
0: Uh, Taylor Pachter. It seems that this year and next years are the years Marvel loves finishing long delayed series. This mm. year with the Shield and now with Miracle Man. I sure hope so, man.
1: Yeah, that would be really nice. Do you think? Do you believe the rumors shooting around that Hickman might be the guy to do Uncanny X Men, and that finishing Shield was their way to butter him up and get him back in?
0: That would be great. Uh, if that were the case, I will buy Uncanny X Men number one or number nine hundred and five or wherever yeah. many it comes out with. But like I'm, I'm checking it out. If Claremont picks it up, like I theorize, like mm, maybe. We'll mm-hmm. see. I, I hope it doesn't i hope it is just hickman just going just going ham on that book because that'd be amazing. yeah they they have
1: a writer they have four scripts done apparently according to the editors but they don't want to announce it yet which makes me think well when are you waiting to announce probably by the end of extermination because they don't want to tell you hey here's an awesome new book that's coming out later no you don't got to read extermination
0: no i think it's going to be new york comic-con oh well hey we'll be there so we'll find out exactly because cause D23, no one's going to friggin' care. No. On oh, X, but Jonathan Nickman, you know, all the Disney files, be like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what, <laughs> what, what
1: is that. And, and when I say Sal and I will find out when we're at the hotel later looking through Twitter, oh, man, can you
0: believe they announced this while we were on the floor? Yeah, we missed all the big stuff because we're just, like, too busy being at the con and enjoying mm-hmm. the hell out of it. I still remember they announced
1: Super Suns, like, later that night when I was sitting on your hotel room floor. Hey, Super Sons is going to be a
0: thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. We don't know who the creator's going to be. Oh, and Wedge is going to be in an episode of Rebels. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want to talk a little bit about the Batman and Joker miniseries? Because I don't know much about it.
1: There's very little to know about it. There's going to be a six-issue Batman and Joker miniseries. Uh, What is it? Uh, Did I even get the creative team on that one? No, I don't even think I got the creative team on that one. But they're doing it. Uh, I'm going to assume this is probably after uh, three Joker, so maybe we'll finally have one now and know what's going on there.
0: I don't know. It could also be like it's not a black label book, is it? It's just a just a mini No. So I don't know. It, I think it'll be probably more like Batman Europa, where it's like it's Batman and the Joker, and
1: which I loved Spider-Man. Europa.
0: I know. So uh, and and it it didn't really take place in continuity, but it kind of could have. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah uh here i actually have the whole article in front of me but it was uh,
0: uh while you're uh, reading comic goblin saying us in the super chat i didn't know about the miracle man news until now so thank you for making my day i've been dying for the series to wrap up i will cry manly tears of joy dude yeah you won't be alone it's gonna be fantastic there's hey, no way the game didn't know how it was gonna end so it'll be hopefully the ending that was preserved from the beginning
1: yeah oh uh he- uh, again, I agree, and that's why this is the News You Missed episode. Uh, here's the answer. Uh, Silvestri is going to be writing and drawing it, and it's going to be in Black Label, yes.
0: Okay, cool. There you go. Uh, the DC Black Label line uh, we should talk about for a minute because... Let's. The, the Three Jokers is going to be in the Black Label.
1: Yes, even though it's also apparently very important continuity, which changes everything we thought we knew about Black Label.
0: This could be because... Okay, so we could be learning two, one of two things about the Black Label. One... The black label, because it originally, I'd heard that the black label was going to be just like graphic novels being printed, Um, but I feel like it was more just like it's an unrated, high quality, yeah, uh, bookstore kind of themed uh, publishing line for DC to put out uh, hard, like R-rated or harder-edged graphic novel stories, and at some point we had already speculated like it wouldn't it be great if they would also go back and like reprint older books
1: which they totally did
0: right with, with uh, some of the like original art and some of like the more hard-nosed stuff that you wouldn't have seen in earlier like versions yeah they're doing that too um, I had really only heard that the black label is going to be out of continuity from the speculation from other people not from the press releases the press release is just like here's the books that are coming out and they mentioned that most of the books will be out of continuity
1: Well, so many of the pitches that we heard couldn't possibly have been in continuity. Right,
0: so it makes sense that, like, most of the Black Label books would be out of continuity. Um, I think it's just that... I think Johns had such a fun time working on Doomsday Clock, which has no rating, which absolutely would be a Black Label book.
1: And you can tell from reading the last issue, heads blow up. There is very vivid depictions of sex.
0: Yeah, so there's no way that Johns wouldn't want to just, like, go ham on this book I know I've been saying that a lot but like go crazy doing like as much envelope pushing true storytelling that he wants to do mm. with the three jokers so there's no way he wouldn't want to do it that way so it makes sense that it would be a black label book I,
1: I get the distinct feeling though you and I in the next coming months and years are going to have to explain a lot yes those other black label books aren't continuity but this one is no I don't know why they did it they just did yeah,
0: exactly I, I think it's just because they're like no I want it be I, I want to print R-rated books. Most original graphic novels aren't going to be R-rated, so they don't fall under the black label line.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, just recently I've had to explain, yes, that's Black Widow, but no, she's technically a clone. Yeah, she did die in Secret Emperor. I don't know. Go read Matthew Rosenberg's book where he explains it. <laughs>
0: um, the, the black label line is encouraging. It's exciting. And I'm really looking forward uh, is in the Marvel equivalent to the mm. Donny Cates Marvel Knights line.
1: Yeah, which, man, I was so excited to hear that. Marvel Knights. I didn't get a chance to talk about this on other shows, but it is such an important part of my Marvel nerddom. It was the thing that took me, I think, from a casual fan to, okay, now I want this to be my job now. I want to get serious about this and know everything about this.
0: You've heard uh, a couple of folk talk kind of like dismissively or with, uh, or saying there's rose-tinted glasses for the Marvel Knights line, that Marvel Knights is kind of like, just this this flash in the pan that other things were more important. Let me tell Mm. you why Marvel Knights was so important and why it's exciting that uh, Marvel Knights is coming back. Marvel Knights practically saved Marvel. Yes, it Uh, did. Marvel Knights made Marvel into a brand that people talked about before Marvel started influencing press releases and just doing stunt bullshit for newspapers. Yep. Um, Marvel Knights brought in independent creators who were hungry, who had solid pitches, and who would later on influence Marvel to be the Marvel you recognize today.
1: And the that. runs still hold up. Bendis's Daredevil, Ennis's Punisher, Priest Black Panther.
0: Yeah. There's uh, also Paul Jenkins's Sentry came out of uh, mm. Marvel Knights. Uh, the Mar- Mark Miller's Spider-Man Marvel Knights is one of the most popular selling Mar- uh, Spider-Man graphic novels. Down among the dead men. Um, there's. A crapload of different, amazing, very, very well creatively uh, accepted runs from Marvel Knights that uh, you wouldn't have gotten the Marvel. You wouldn't. Daredevil wouldn't be cool without Marvel Knights.
1: It's true. It um, completely reinvented the character and established and continued to establish the amazing history and legacy of Daredevil writers and creative teams. And so
0: the idea that Donny Cates kind of occupying the old Bendis Casada role, is mm. going to be curating a Marvel Knights line. Which
1: seems his reward for making Venom a major seller and uh, critical darling and again. Thanos.
0: People love Thanos.
1: Oh, yeah, that Thanos run is great.
0: Uh, but uh, Donny Kate's cur- like, you know, them coming out with a, with a one shot that's going to be like a 20th anniversary. Oh, look at that. Yeah, but really look at this publishing line we're going to do where I think they're going to pull in a couple of the old Marvel Knights characters and be like, we're going to, fix them, because the reality is, Daredevil does need some fixing, and I don't mean because the character's stale, broken, doesn't work, those runs weren't good, it's more that, like, I, I can't make heads or tails of, like, what his status quo is because it's been uprooted so many damn times in the last it five It really years. has.
1: Ch- Charles Soule has been putting in some amazing work. I think the problem with Daredevil, because I've been reading it frequently, the art is not as good as Soule's writing. But Phil Noto is coming on to do art oh. now for this newest arc. So, okay, finally, it's going to look as good as it reads.
0: That's great. I am so on board for that. Um, but – I'm hoping that an independent creator who's hungry, who has good ideas, who has pitches and has friends that you've never seen before, or you don't have, you never seen work on characters that you, that you love.
1: It's, uh, it's already happening. They mentioned a couple of the names and yeah. they're people I don't recognize, which is good. I'm glad I don't recognize exactly.
0: them. But this is great because new blood in the industry is how the industry grows and brings in new fans and revitalizes mm-hmm. characters you wouldn't know about or care about moon Knight if it weren't for marvel Knights. that's true so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool shit coming out of there and i'm i'm gonna be watching that with great interest let's put it
1: that absolutely same here uh
0: knight x3 awe games just helping us out thank you very much Gorgonfish, Sanctuary was a cool idea. I wish Heroes in Crisis was just a mental health anthology or mini instead of what DiDio is calling the next Identity Crisis. It's apparently
1: that's what it was supposed to be by all account, but then DiDio got a hold of what King was doing. It's like, oh, well, this needs to be an event now.
0: I'm shocked. Uh, and uh, what's it called? Dominic Glover saying, Sal, have you read pr- Batman Prince Charming, charming yet? No. Uh, we I do... have issue one. Yeah, I have issue one as well. It was gifted to us by an incredible member of the population. Um, I've not opened it yet, uh, and it's just because I'm super busy.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for part two. I'm gonna make a video of it as soon as part two is out, and I can read both back I to back. Part two was out. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm slow.
0: I, you know what's funny though? I'm very turned off by the art.
1: Uh, it's very, it's very in your face.
0: It feels very deviant art.
1: It's abrasive in its way.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate it, and I know people want it, so I'm not gonna begrudge it because like. People like that style, and I will admit it looks cool. But it might not be for me. But I'm still gonna give it a try.
1: Oh, part two is out, according to Kareem.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was at the. It was on the front counter at my comic book store the other day.
1: Right. Okay. Well, maybe it's time for me to buckle down and read it. But d- again, I'm behind on so much work. I got events and everything. I got to make a prelude to extermination. I ha- I haven't read Miss Marvel in four issues, and I, <laughs> I love Miss Marvel. <laughs>
0: Uh, Taylor, Terror of Death. I know it's not a comic, but thoughts on the new Godzilla trailer. We talked about this at length in the other show. Uh, dope. It looks dope. I'm excited. I not as much as Tiffany, but she is a huge like ka- like kaiju fan. So
1: I could tell her kaiju mini collection was very impressive. Yes. Yeah, so
0: I'll let uh, you know. I'll let her speak more in like in depth because she can speak certainly more intelligently about it than me. Uh, but I will say it looks it looks dope. Uh, it, so. it looks
1: like an apology for the Brian Cranston one where it's like, hey, remember how we made you wait too long for the one genuinely awesome monster fight? What if it's all monsters all the time? Which is really what they just to call the Godzilla all monsters. <laughs> all monsters. It's like, uh, what is it? All Crunch all monsters. Right?
0: Yeah. Oops, all monsters. That's
1: <laughs> no, not oops. I'm good with this.
0: Yeah. Um, Snyder and Jock are teaming back up. Yes. To do a Batman Who Laughs miniseries
1: the big breakout star of Dark Knights Metal, which is weird because I don't even think he was my favorite of the Dark Knights. I think I liked like Doomsday Batman more.
0: Mm, I think I liked uh, the Aqua Batman more.
1: Really, I thought that was the weakest one because it was the one where they barely explained the world the most. It's just, hey, gender flop, but we're not going to go into too much detail yeah, on just it. Yeah, I
0: liked the outfit and I thought it was cool. Oh, it's a great outfit. There's no <laughs> doubt
1: about that.
0: That's what it all is for me. Just cool outfits. Um, I think that they, this is like almost like a redo, because the mini or the the one shot for Batman who laughs because his origin, it was cool. Yeah. It worked out great, but you needed Jock and Snyder to do it
1: to make it really creepy and ugly and horrifying. And I,
0: I, I'm I'm excited to see Jock's version. So. Yeah,
1: where you just know it's like, hey, here's your nightmare fuel for the week, everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think that's going to be cool. I'm definitely going to pick that up.
1: I'm amazed he stuck around. I'm not reading the Terrifics or whatever one of those all-new-age-of-heroes books is, but apparently Batman Who Laughs is a villain over there.
0: Yes, I don't read it, so I don't know. I also don't care. Like, I'm not – I am not was not the biggest Dark Knight's Metal fan, so, you know, whatever.
1: It, um, it did what it was meant to do.
0: I guess. <laughs> I don't think it did. I think it. I think it got. Uh, I think. It, <laughs> I think it got hamstrung. Um, Taylor Pester, I'm excited for the Wonder Woman Justice League Dark crossover coming in October.
1: Oh yes, we found that from the solicitation. So we got Justice League Dark that dropped this week from James Tynan. Yep. That's gonna have a whole arc, and then five issues in. They're starting a new weekly series that will run through the Wonder Woman book and Justice League Dark called The Witching Hour.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's got dark magic and Hecateas and Wonder Womans and witches and everything.
0: Yeah, works for me. Uh, yeah. And the Terror of Death, Doomsday and Flash Batman are my favorites. Good choice. I like the Flash Batman, too. I thought that was crazy.
1: I like the Doomsday Batman so much because they do not mince words at all that he is absolutely 100% Ben Affleck from the Justice League movie. Right?
0: That's hilarious.
1: It's um, literally him. If he got to keep going, he would have been he would have become Doomsday. <laughs>
0: Uh, DJ Hijack saying, "What did you guys think of the Gail Simone Lion Forge news?" Oh yeah,
1: she's new Creative Chief Officer of Lion Forge now. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. Like, that's a
0: great promotion for her. I think that's really cool. I have never read a Lion Forge book.
1: I read one. I think I read my first Lion Forge book this week. Actually, it was a Dungeons and Dragons thing called Rolled and Told, where it's like a little comedy bit of like you know five adventurers walk into a bar, get into shenanigans, and then in the back it actually has a module to let you run this for your own campaign. That's fun. That's a cool idea. Yeah, most definitely. And they have like a bunch of new heroes they're going to either be running with or reinventing under Simone.
0: Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I remember reading about it being like. Good luck. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a look.
1: It's now a blip on my radar, Lions Forge, where it's like, okay, let's see what we can do here.
0: Maybe Lions Forge will have a digital marketing creative person who will be interested in working with uh, prominent YouTubers to talk about their books. Who knows? Yes, That's yes, the way I would I'm gonna look at it.
1: I would like to put that out there. Like, look, I, I follow them on Twitter and I almost write them and I'm like, hey, hey, you want to do a thing? I know
0: I'm not as big as my contemporaries, but <laughs> hey, hey, I like what you're doing, right? Uh, and The Terror of Death, what the hell's lion, oh no, I'm sorry, uh, Amazing Zero, read Doomsday Clock Day, hmm that was really it, yep, fair enough, um, I haven't read it yet, I gotta pick it up, um, and The Terror of Death, what the hell's a Lion's Forge? It's a <laughs> publishing book, it's a, it's a, it's an independent publisher.
1: Yeah, it's a comic company. Yep.
0: Uh, and finally, last but not least, let's talk a little bit about the DC Universe Online Initiative.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's seven ninety nine a month. Yep. You can pay more if you want a year. I know Australia doesn't have it because my other co-host Matt was going on about, do we get
0: it in Canada? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I doubt it.
1: Yeah, if they don't have it in Australia, usually you don't screw over one without screwing over the other. Yeah. Uh, I know they made no mention of Canada, so.
0: No, and they would have if it was a thing. They'd uh, so, say
1: all of North America.
0: So, DC Universe Online is the name of the uh, streaming service that DC's offering. It's a digital exclusive service that has a whole number of creative uh, endeavors underneath their belt, including uh, some comic book publishing initiatives. They're going to be releasing some, like, books through it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can read your books there and watch all the shows and movies.
0: Yes. Uh, then there's an asterisk next to that sentence and then you got to add all the provisions and changes and whatnot. <laughs> like for example, you can't read all your DC books there. It's not going to be no. Unlimited. It's not going to be Marvel Unlimited for DC.
1: It's only going to be a few and also what are what, what are the deals with the DC shows on other networks? Are they going to get Gotham and the Arrow shows? Or are they only going to get one or the other? Or I assume
0: they'll get none of them. Uh, but we did see that they are going to be released like they are going to be doing a bunch of other neat stuff like they're going to be having like uh, DC it's going to be basically like the olden days when people were talking about wouldn't it be cool if there was a comic book channel on yeah. TV um so like when on the off times it would just show like DC movies mm-hmm. so they got all the Warner Brothers properties which is great it's a smart idea um, does it include all the old shows Batman Brave and the Bull, Batman the animated series uh, Justice Unlimited uh, the, the Legion of Superheroes cartoon, um, maybe the Super Friends, uh, it doesn't mention it in any way.
1: Uh, you get some, but not others. I think they got the Reeves movies and, like, the old uh, the Burton Batmans. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I don't know anything else about it. All I know is it's eight bucks a month, and your sampling of its original content includes a trailer for the Titans.
1: Yeah, probably not the best foot forward you want to have, especially not when you had Young Justice there.
0: Weird that they put they went all in on Titans where they were like, okay, so we're gonna be doing the uh, we're gonna be showing that there's a live-action Teen Titans show, and around the exact same time we're also gonna be releasing a animated Teen Titans show called Young Justice. Now yeah. I know Young Justice's own thing. I'm just saying like it stars the same goddamn people.
1: Yeah. In, in different orders, but still.
0: Yeah, it's a little bizarre that they're putting it all in on Titans. Uh,
1: I guess it's because it's the only show they have ready now, because Titans is supposed to be the launch pad for Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and maybe Stargirl and maybe all these other things they want to do.
0: Exactly. Uh, and a
1: Harley show that might be animated.
0: Right? We, we don't know. My, my guess would be a Harley show would be absolutely animated and totally written and created by Bruce Timm.
1: That would be nice. I don't think it is, though, but that would be wonderful. That would
0: make total sense to me, because, like, Bruce Tim likes drawing sexy pictures of Harley Quinn.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Um, let me ask you, we, we talked a little bit at length about the trailer before, so let's talk a little yeah. bit about, what if no one watches Titans? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if Titans just crashes.
1: I mean, the only thing people were able to talk about the whole trailer was fuck Batman.
0: Yeah, fuck Batman. I mean, that's what, I he, mean, that's what Robin says after he, like, shoots a few people and steps on some necks. To,
1: to which DiDio or someone had to come out and go, no, 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 he didn't really kill those people despite the loud neck crack and the fact that he shot bullets
0: in their general direction. They're not dead, though. Can you imagine the frustrating job it is as like the showrunner or editor of that show to be like mm-hmm. like, hey listen, uh, everyone was really mad about Robin killing people, we need you to do like, change the pilot so he didn't do it.
1: G- guys, it's it's already done though, it's already in the tank, now we're we already
0: change it, like put some, mu- some like the ADR some guy going like, oh like he didn't <laughs> get like killed uh, and also um, d- does he kill people for the rest of the show? Oh yeah, he does, okay, never oh, mind, yeah. just leave it
1: Also, what a weird snapshot of Dick Grayson's life where they clearly seem to be showing that he's some kind of cop, which he was at some point, but he's not Nightwing yet. He's still Robin, just a really old Robin. Yeah weird. And also, Jason Todd is going to be on the show, and you have to ask, if this Dick Grayson Robin is such an asshole, how bad must Batman be in this universe? Oh,
0: yeah. Well, because we know it's not in the DCEU, or no. DC Films, or World of DC, or whatever the or hell. the CW universe. Yeah, it's not in any of those, um, so who the it's hell its own knows? It's a
1: weird thing. <laughs> uh, another thing, every, everyone's talking about how out of character uh, Robin is, and indeed he is. The thing that made me laugh is for the two seconds where we see Dove from Hawk and Dove <laughs> just cutting dudes at killing these tendons and I'm like oh yeah that's that's totally comic dove right there yeah, that's, that is the those are the actions of a
0: dove certainly
1: <laughs> yeah most definitely did you know in the wild a dove when threatened will totally bite the shit out of your achilles tendon <laughs> or
0: if nothing else it'll pick the hell out of your eyes yeah
1: and just dove no hawk that made me laugh too
0: we know hawks in the show yes he is we've seen his costume it actually looks pretty good yeah that was the first thing we saw from the titans was these cool hawk and dove costumes uh, Which, why did they look so awesome? <laughs> I don't know. I'm also they look too fearful. good. We won't see them for... They'll be in one episode, it'll be called Hawk and Dove, and then that'll be mm. the end of it. What a weird thing to honor, too, where it's like, hey,
1: Hawk and Dove were on the Teen Titans at some point. I'm like, yeah, but no one remembers that. The only comic nerds like us remember yeah, that.
0: Yeah, but so? <laughs> um, really quick, in the Super Chat, George J. saying, In terms of Lion Forge comics, you should check out Excel and Kino are some of the best. Excel's kind of like a young Flash story. Kino's Superman hmm. meets The Matrix. Cool.
1: Noted. I will actually go and check those out so I know what's up.
0: Tevye is saying, Super Sun's animated movie may happen with DC anime. I didn't really? hear that.
1: Neither did I. I didn't even know DC anime was a thing. Neither did
0: I. Uh, Cam saying, Joel's pitched to Forge. Hey, I know I'm not as big as my competitors, but neither are you, so let's get <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'll endear me to them right away. Hey, man, <laughs> you're on the lower end of the totem pole. I'm on the lower end of the totem pole. <laughs> Maybe we could just, like, clamber on top of each other. Uh, William Gregory thoughts on Clone Wars Uh, I didn't watch it it's not for me that being said the animation looks worse so I'm mm. sorry that the big fans of Clone Wars are getting an inferior product.
1: It's it's so funny because Rebels looked so amazing by the end. That's usually the thing for those CG animated shows. They take a season or two for the animators to really get a grasp of the technology they're working with. I, I, I was surprised to see more Clone Wars. Apparently this was like a big anniversary thing for it. I personally wanted to see more on Resistance, which was the follow-up to Rebels.
0: I don't know anything about... Uh, the other show Resistance besides the fact that it's an X-Wing centric show
1: yes that's going to take place in the beginning of the new continuity so it's going to be pre-Force Awakens so we're actually going to get to see how the First Order was born and grew and everything
0: yeah okay uh, Mr. Abatos, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Terror of Death. Well, crap. I'm gonna have to pirate Young Justice season three. Well, you and about everybody else, probably. Hey, hey man. I would
1: never uh, say you should do those things, but living in a country where things don't normally come my way, sometimes your hands are tied. Yeah,
0: I'll be paying I'd for like, it because I need to know what's going on in that app.
1: Yeah, I'd like to give you my money, DC, but apparently my Canadian dollars
0: aren't good enough for you. It's weird. It's weird because it's like it's so easy to just not do that. <laughs> uh, to just mm-hmm. not like block shit in your own country. Eh, anyway, uh, Mr. Roboto, pitch idea Sal and Joel podcast, the universe anime.
1: Oh, what would we be like as anime characters, Sal?
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'd probably like fight ninjas or, you know, it'd be, it'd be a lot of running. You know, I, I don't know if we're the big robot kind of people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, are, 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 are we more like shounen? Would we have like different forms that we would have to power up to and learn secret techniques podcasting? Yeah, I you're a big,
0: uh, a big um, sentai type of person.
1: So oh, yeah. Like,
0: well, I got to be able to call a, a giant uh, lion and I got to put on a cool oh, suit man. and wear a... Oh.
1: oh, Elseworlds up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see
0: oh, some man. for that.
1: Uh, oh, we're all, we're all part of a team and everything, and we have a bunch of vehicles that come together to fight giant monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh,
0: so thank you very much, Mr. Roboto. Uh, Nathan Berg helping us out. Thank you, Nathan. You're the man. Uh, and Taylor Pester, so how about that Hush animated movie coming along?
1: Yeah, they announced a new slate of animated movies coming from them, and for once, there's actually variety to them. They're not all just Batman and Justice League. We're getting Hush. We're getting Wonder Woman Bloodlines, which, yeah, Zarello era, I don't know about that. Justice League versus, like, some legion of superheroes, villains, and then, of course, the uh, death and return of Superman.
0: Yes. Uh, The death and return of Superman takes place in their terrible Justice League New 52 universe. Yep. With, like, the fifth voice of Superman.
1: (laughs) i i didn't even watch that new death of superman i own it i bought it but it's just like you know what? have have i been burned too many times do i keep coming back to this well even though it keeps hitting me yeah i didn't even bother i I, because i haven't skipped any of them i haven't liked any of them since like uh what is it flashpoint paradox yeah or no maybe assault on arkham okay i haven't liked any since assault on arkham that's fair and yet I kept going back, and I kept getting more and more disappointed every time. Yeah,
0: uh, I will say I am excited to see a Hush animated movie. I think it's a great idea. I'm se- I'm telling you right now, Nightfall should have been it. It's coming next. Mm. That's not from anything. That's just me being like, Nightfall lends itself to an animated movie. Get the guys who did the Under the Red Hood animation. Yeah, really. And either get the dude who played the Batman in that, you know, Greenwood. Or, yeah, he's great. Or Conroy. Don't screw this up
1: that's that's the weird thing, too. where it's like, I, again, and I have it on pretty good authority since flashpoint Paradox onward, they have only cut their budget more and more every time. It's
0: unbelievable how obvious that is and how like stupid that is.
1: It's pretty much shameful, considering how good they looked when they started to where they all now na- where they are now. To, I'm like, this is this is subpar TV animation,
0: yeah. yeah. it's just like. It, it's at the, at some point or another, it's not worth it. Like, yeah. I might as well just read the comic. The art's yeah. better. And for the amount of movement that's happening, it's. I might as well just like move my eyes a little faster at the comic mm-hmm. and it'll be basically the same thing.
1: And also too, the shameless character model recycling where they hope we wouldn't notice, where they're like, hey look, uh, Static Shock was in the background. Isn't that a fun cameo? No, no, they just put his character model in the back and hope we didn't realize because they needed to fill up the shot. And they didn't want to make new character models.
0: Right. Um, that being said, Hush is getting also like a like an omnibus or something, like or, mm. a, or, a, or an absolute edition or something. And it's the the cover Jim Lee just released a, or somebody just released some amazing pencils. Of oh, Jim Lee's with cover. The,
1: the bandages it coming off, and it's really nice looking.
0: Uh, Jeremy Scott theory time: Titans is a sequel to the All Star Batman and Robin universe, so all nah. years abu- of abuse Dick is now a murderous monster.
1: Ugh, I don't think you... so. <laughs> I mean, you might be onto something. Maybe this is a Batman who will say,
0: "Retarded, I'm the goddamn Batman." I hope so. That'll be fine with me. I'd love to see that because of how ridiculous that is. Um, will I'm Golden? The Death of Superman is good. Well, thanks mm-hmm. for letting us know. I'll check it out. Um, this is now. Did it come out the the new one?
1: Yes. Yes, it's been out for a bit. Really? Yes, it's been out for a bit. I I have it. I have it sitting over there. I just haven't watched it yet. It's
0: hilarious. Oops. Um, well, I'll, I'll check it out. Because, why not, right? I know, I know
1: Matt didn't like it, and he's like one of the biggest Superman fans I know. He's like, ah, oh, they try and jam the New 52 version and the old version together.
0: I don't think the New 52 works with the old, like, Cyborg Superman and uh, Superboy, but whatever. That... That is also
1: unforgivable, the fact that the comics have abandoned the New 52 continuity and design aesthetic for many years now but the animated movies are still saddled with it.
0: Yeah, like, just change it. No one's paying attention. Like, no one cares. And the fact that they're still
1: like half-heartedly are trying to keep this whole canon thing going, like again, after Flashpoint Paradox onward, they're like, okay, all these movies are in continuity now. Why? To right. what end?
0: No one wants it.
1: No, I liked them when they were one and done. Each movie was its own universe.
0: Yep, and it was trying to appro- like, at least pay om- om- homage to some of the styles of the art from the original books. Yeah. Again, waste of time.
1: That's probably why they did it too, is probably another cost-saving measure. It's like, look, we can't redesign these every time for every new movie. Let's have one style and one set of designs, and that'll just carry us through. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Well- Another thing that annoyed me too, where they're like, okay, we'll have post-credit stingers now on these movies to set up, to set up what? You make four of these a year. What are you, what are you setting up to?
0: Yeah, well, there's not gonna. Your first one had a had had Dark Side in it. Yes. Where are you gonna go?
1: Yeah. Which again, just like in the new Fifty Two, where are you gonna go?
0: Unbelievable. Like, let's. How about the Justice League is formed to fight the biggest, baddest guy they could ever fight? Mm. Oh, cool. And if they succeed easily, then why is it if they fight Black Manta, it's gonna be hard?
1: as, as uh, Kyle in the chat says there held to pay that last Suicide Squad did some cool stuff with continuity yeah and out of the blue and for no reason Reverse Flash shows up and starts talking about the events that happened in Flashpoint Paradox and I'm like who is this for six movies later <laughs> that's true. you should have cashed in on it then I don't care what he's doing now and again that doesn't mean anything when he shows up Yeah, because you're just going to make three more unrelated movies no that's true Good point. It, fe- it, it felt like the writers jacking themselves off on this one where it's like, I'm a fan and I don't I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm more confused than anything. And man, I was mad at hell to pay, too, because it was literally a secret six story mm-hmm. that they just superimposed the Suicide Squad over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it be was able to the, do that forever. It was the get out of hell free card arc, which is like one of my favorite arcs from Simone's run. And I'm like, oh, my God, you did it. You took the Secret Six, but you put the Suicide Squad in their place. I
0: mean, like, at this point, why? Like, I get why they were doing it when there was going to be a big movie with, like, Bohemian Rhapsody in it. But when the movie failed, why keep pushing it?
1: (laughs) I know. So, we're. oh, I guess that's another thing while we're on the topic of uh, that. So, Margot Robbie has announced that, yes, they are doing a Birds of Prey movie and the people who are going to be in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, who's in it? uh what is there uh batwoman's gonna be in it black canary's gonna be in it the huntress is gonna be in it and renee Montoya is gonna be in it okay uh good luck yeah it's funny i i don't want to hate on birds of prey too much because it actually seems to come from a positive place of fandom from robbie who became a fan after doing suicide squad she's yeah. like i I read this Birds of Prey book for research. I like it. Hey, DC, can we do this one? And they're like, whatever makes you happy, Hot Topic. Yeah, exactly. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We'll, we will get right on that. Hey, uh, what is it, guy who directed Suicide Squad? We're probably not going to get to do a sequel. Do you want to direct this one now? Yeah, sure,
0: why not? As you're gonna. You're still paying with money, right? <laughs> it's still green, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Comic Bandwagon la- wrapping up the Super Chats with, I'm going to watch Death of Superman only because Peter J. Tomasi wrote it. Did he really? Yeah.
1: I didn't even fucking know that.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I was like, that's cool, but it's in that New 52 universe. At least mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk isn't doing the voice mm-hmm. of Superman because, like, what a mistake.
1: Uh, it's both Sam Anderson. I think Batwoman's going to be in the Birds of Prey movie, and she's getting a CW show, which that won't be confusing.
0: Yes, and there'll be two different ones, of course.
1: Yes, because yes, she's that going to be on Arrow. Yes, well, she's going to start on Arrow and then hopefully get a spinoff show. Yeah, we'll see. I think that actually makes a lot of sense because it's like
0: make a bat make a bat show
1: yeah because it's like you have a Superman that's doing pretty well in the Supergirl show yeah have a Batwoman show where Batman can occasionally show up the only problem with that is all the villains who you could have Batwoman fight all the lower tier Batman villains eh, Arrow already fought in his first seven seasons so unless they're all gonna show up in Gotham I thought you were gonna say they're gonna they're they're teasing them in Gotham like yeah wouldn't that be some shit uh, and know. also Batwoman's own enemies, they're all like more paranormal.
0: Right, which is a cool idea though. Like that's a yeah. great uh, that's a great way to to get your bat stuff without having to have Batman in it, which is like what they seem to be trying to avoid. Mm. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah speaking of paranormal uh the other thing we saw legends of tomorrow constantine is going to be a full-time member of that team and that show now I mean, and they seem to be implying hey remember all that stuff we set up in constantine and never dealt with let's deal with it here
0: okay i mean good use him he's cool put him in the show like make please a thing. um but yeah so that's a couple of the things that we missed out of san diego there's a couple more that we didn't get a chance to get to but the show's running along it's time to wrap up um so yeah i i think uh i'm I was going to go to San Diego, I had tickets, and I just, it was too expensive, I was like, I'm not going to go, and I'm kind of glad I didn't, because, like, I had a lot of work to do.
1: Getting crammed shoulder to shoulder there, and also, too, first year, no Marvel, no Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which makes the whole thing feel slightly cheaper, doesn't it? It's like, well, shit, if everyone's not here and everyone's not represented.
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, at that point, one is like, if DC's your biggest player, at what point is it just going to be like a DC convention? Mm -hmm. you know i mean d23 is the marvel convention with disney stuff at it yeah so i don't know i i gotta tell you i don't i don't give a shit i'm i would never watch d3 for comic book news yeah so disney good luck don't force me to do that because i'm just not going to i'm just not interested
1: I know we were quite doom and gloom yesterday where it's like, is this is this the end of San Diego Comic-Con? This feels like a major seismic shift where it's like, this might be the beginning of the end. I
0: think so, and I think that'd be okay. Like, I think the reason for that is because, like, here's the thing. Everybody loved San Diego Comic-Con. Comic-Con was like was like nerd mecca, right? I mean, like, mm. nowadays I hear people talking about, like, I, I really need to make it into New York Comic-Con because it feels like that's kind of more yeah, in line. And I got to tell you, like, they're not wrong because yeah. I was, like one of the big things that for me is meeting creators, talking to creators, talking to publishers, uh, you know, getting like, into the comic book industry, just like just really digging in on it. And San Diego didn't have as many.
1: No, it really didn't. It seems like they've all either gone to New York, as you mentioned, or Emerald City has become the writers' con,
0: right? Or, or Baltimore, like yeah. even surprisingly enough. So like. For me, yeah, I think New York is definitely like worth going to. You get you get the fun like aspect of the city. You get to eat in like a million different amazing restaurants within a block of the Javits Center, and you know like it's a big show. I, I think it's cool, and you know if if San Diego does like implode or like major push, like people are are like start pulling you know support or pulling their you know movie release information and like trailers and crap from San Diego. Then San Diego gets a little smaller, you know. Maybe it gets yeah. a little more reasonable to get to. Maybe like maybe more uh, prominent creators get f- like feel a little more emboldened to go because like there's a lot of bullshit stringent rules and regulations that San yep. Diego has imposed on their oh, yeah. on their retailers, on their creators, on their vendors. And it's like, why not like teach them a little humility and have them like scale it back a little bit, make Comic Con kind of more fun than
1: yeah, than might be more- nice
0: yeah because that's the thing like we know people who went to
1: San Diego Comic Con and covered it and they didn't sound like they had any fun they made it sound like it was a freaking gauntlet they ran for four days
0: yeah I mean like and like forget buying a table you know by the way if you ever like decide one year like you can't afford a table or you shouldn't like there's no reason to have a table you'll lose your table and you never get one again <laughs> like who wants to make Who wants to do business with it, with, with that kind of bullshit
1: yeah, for real, takes all the fun out of it. Yeah,
0: I'm sure Reed is in a similar boat. I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to like explore the con the cons that make you have a fun time, like that you that you want to go to. You know, find the creators you want to meet, and you know, see where they are, and you know, maybe save yourself a two thousand dollar plane ticket.
1: <laughs> most definitely
0: I'll take it I mean you know I like for for me I I prefer going to like New York and Baltimore and and, you know maybe even Philly there's a Philly show that's coming up that I'm going to it's gonna be a lot of fun right on check it out Um, but uh, yeah so I, I don't know if it is the end that's fine they had a good run yeah, things things
1: change, things evolve, and I mean, it was bound to happen. It, like again, it used to be the one place you could go to, to get news and insight into all of these nerd comic book properties. But now, nerd and comic book properties are everywhere. They can't possibly all be
0: held in one place. Exactly. No, it used to be the one place you went. Now every city has one. My my small podunk town has one in the frickin' mall. Yeah, mine is a mine is a one as minus three. Damn. We have a local con. There's one in Atlantic City, there's one in the Great Adventure, and there's one, like, five minutes from my house. Like, so, you could bet your boots I'm only going to the one that's near my house. Like, uh, why would I go to Atlantic City? So, anyway, uh, let us know in the comments down below. Is San Diego Comic-Con dead? And if so, uh, or dying? And if so, is that a good thing or a bad thing? We're looking forward <laughs> to hearing your responses and continuing the conversation there. We'll see you guys next time with another episode of the Worlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Thanks for watching.